Hi my turtle doves, how are you, how are you, how are you? It's been a while, it's been a couple months actually. I believe the last podcast I did was on August 25th. Um, not much has been transpiring. Um, I did move into a larger apartment. Um, I believe you guys know about the promotion that I got, and um, that's basically it. Um, I haven't really had much that I wanted to talk about or um, any uh, much inspiration, so to speak. Um, like I said before, my podcasts are always going to be 100% transparent. And I'll always be honest with you, and you know how much I love God. He's in my heart. And the word says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I consistently raise him up and give him all the glory and praise his name. Um, the, 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 the podcast that I'm doing right now is really impromptu. I didn't plan to do it, but I was just sitting here at my table and I just decided to press record, I guess, um, just to talk, <laughs> you know, just to talk, say hi, um, to say that I haven't forgotten about you, my turtle doves, to say that I hope and pray that though it gets rough and though you want to give up, that you're still going. Um, <clears throat> the Bible talks about how God placed a thorn in our sides to prevent us from being prideful or boastful or to get to a place where you just feel like you're just it, right? All that in a bag of chips. (laughs) All that in a bag of chips. And I wanted to talk about the thorn that's in my side. Um, the thorn that's in my side is depression, anxiety, you know, all the things that come along with depression. And I've struggled with this for years. I've struggled with it for years. And sometimes the slightest things can trigger it. Sometimes it's worse than others. And sometimes I feel like I can't control it. But um, even with all of the great things that have happened and continue to happen, um, just just being here, you know, just being here, sitting at my table in my new living room with a car, with a job, you know, breathing, smiling a whole hundred and something pounds less for me is a miracle because with the battles that I struggle with on a day-to-day basis um you know there's the contemplating not not actually carrying it out but you know sometimes you think what would it be like if I weren't here do people really care enough about me to come see about me and then feeling depressed or embarrassed because you're kind of in the same place that you've been for years having a hard time coming out Um, I just finished writing in my book about the accomplishments that I was able to carry out. Things that I thought that I would never be able to do, like quit smoking um, cigarettes, um, stop doing drugs, and promiscuity, and 
being able to say no and being able to just spend time alone without people around me. I thought that was something that I could never do. And lately I find myself in a place where I'm alone 95% of the time and the other 5% I'm at work or maybe visiting a friend um, maybe for a day or so. And spending time alone used to be the thing that made me cringe. I hated it. And now I'm in a place where I'm like, okay, God, don't let me be comfortable in being alone. Don't let my fear of not being accepted or trying to fit in with other people or wondering what they're saying about me behind my back or just not being able to maintain a healthy, stable relationship. Don't let that fear turn into quote unquote comfort being alone. Don't let me be comfortable in solitude and use the comfort as a reason to not try to build relationships. So that has turned into a new prayer, a new daily prayer. I went from never wanting to be alone and crying about how I'm always alone and nobody wants to be around me, what's wrong with me, so on and so forth, to, okay, I love this place. I love being alone. I love being by myself. I don't want anybody around me. (laughs) So God, please don't let me be so comfortable in this place that the relationships that you've set before me, I can no longer explore them, you know? Um, so that's been a new prayer of mine. Um, in my new job and in my home and things like that, I used to be in a position where I encountered hundreds of people per day. Maybe I would say me personally, out of the thousands of people that showed up to the office, maybe not thousands, hundreds, maybe 900, 1,000 people, so on and so forth that would show up. Um, They would, I would interact with them, you know, tell them, I know it's getting hard, but you can make it. You know, look at me. I'm here encouraging you out of the pit of darkness, you know, I'm encouraging you from a place where I know that I shouldn't even be sitting here with you right now. I should not have an encouraging word in my heart or in my mouth to even speak to you. Um, I was in a place where I would encounter people and it was just, for me, it was just being able to share the love of God that was in me the love of God that I felt on me, the love of God that was, you know, um, what's the word? The love of God that was demonstrated just through my life and through me being able to get dressed, wake up in the morning, take a shower, open my eyes, not in that order, but, you know, get in my car, drive to work, eat food, because once upon a time I couldn't eat solid food, you know? Just to show the love that God placed in me and the love that I had for God, um, it felt like I had purpose. So now I'm in a more um, strict environment, less people interaction, only over the phone or with the people who I work with. So the encouraging stopped. Um, I post on Facebook here and there, and 
well, I post on Facebook a lot, practically every day. <laughs> um, I post on Facebook a lot because that is one of the places where I can outlet or not feel alone um, in those moments that I do say, oh, no, I'm by myself. You know, the moments that I realize I've actually been by myself for a week, two weeks, three weeks now, only to go to work and come home and maybe to the grocery store. So it's not as outlet <laughs> That's not a word, but it's not as outlet and I'm going to make it a word. I don't have an outlet for the things that I feel um, on a day that you're not doing your best. The best way to overcome it is to encourage or help someone else. And I don't have that opportunity without having to wait until I get off work and get in my car and go look for someone who wants to be around me or someone who has time or someone who is not so into their, you know, their thing that I have to try to find my way into their lives. Um, the thorn in my side, Jesus Christ, the thorn in my side, the thing that I feel is unshakable, the thing that no matter how much I smile, it always comes back. The thing that always creeps up in a somewhat great situation, um, the thorn in my side, the thorn in my side, what's your thorn? Um, I know that you can't respond to me, but I did put an email and I believe that there's a way that you can message here. I'm not really sure, but, um, what's your thorn? What's the thorn that's in your side that just doesn't seem to go away? No matter how much you pray, no matter how much you exercise, how much weight you lose, how many people you have around you, um, no matter how many accomplishments What's the thorn in your side? And it's just like, oh, God, why can't I get rid of this thing? And the thorn, I understand it. I totally understand it. You know why I understand it is because if it had not been for um, the depression and the anxiety, whenever, and, and there's been times before when I was younger where something would happen and I would puff my chest out like, all right, I did that, you know, and then that thing is short-lived. And then slowly as I began to grow up, I realized that I didn't do it on my own. I didn't do it in my own strength. The moment that I said, God, I'm weak. My spirit is willing, but my flesh is weak. God, I need you. God, I've been smoking these cigarettes and I've lost a child that I feel if I wasn't smoking cigarettes would have still been here. God, I'm doing this drug even though I know that this is the reason why I'm able to make some of the stupid, for the lack of a better word, stupid decisions. If it wasn't for alcohol and the things that were able to impair my judgment, I wouldn't be doing these things. Um, then if it weren't for the strength of God and for those moments where I felt anxious or I felt depressed, I would puff out my chest and say it's by my strength that I quit those things. It's by my strength that 
I was able to overcome COVID. It's by my strength that I was able to um, beat everything that I went through last year in my body, to be able to learn how to eat again and to move around and to smile through it all. It was not by my strength. And if it had not been for the humbleness that depression places me in, I would have gave my testimony as I did it. But throughout everything that I went through, there was always those moments where I would sit with God and play my music and I would pray and there was just a peace. There was a peace about it that I got. There was just so much peace, 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 peace. And God says in his word that he will give you the peace that surpasses all understanding for you to cast all your cares and anxiety on him and he'll give you rest. So that rest and that peace Every time I prayed and I played my music or I started to write and read my word and I just fellowship with him and loved on him, he sent the same love back. I felt like God would come and sit on the side of me and that same thorn that was in my side, that depression and that anxiety, God kind of like made it easier to deal with. He was able to move that aside and say, okay, now I'm going to hold this thorn as you deal with the issue. And then once the issue was gone, here comes that thorn just to remind me that it's, it's not by your strength, but mine. That in your weakness, my strength is made perfect. In that same scripture about the thorn in your side, it says that I will boast all the more in my weakness and all the more in my, um, what's the word? Not just weaknesses, but I'm not sure, but it just basically says that when I'm down, I'll boast all the more because I know that it is the perfect gentleness and love in God that keeps me. He keeps us. He keeps us. He keeps us. He keeps us. So this morning, um, there's a song by Travis Green. It's called, I Will Respond. And she says, when you call me, I will respond. When you pull me, I will respond. And then she goes into saying, I accept your invitation to dance with my father, to dance with my friend. And as I listened to that song, I got overwhelmed with this feeling of love. Um, and I just cried and I cried and I cried because I had been um, struggling with depression for the last maybe three or four weeks. Um, and that, um, for me, depression looks like coming home, it's five o'clock. I get off at five. I live very, very much close to where I work now because of the, um, change of residence, like maybe 10, 15 minutes, depending on if there's traffic. So I would say I'm at home showered and in the bed by six o'clock. <laughs> um, and with the shades drawn, no lights on 
just in my pajamas with the air conditioned blasting under the blankets and I'll listen to some music, um, try not to interact too much with the outer world. I'll probably scroll through Facebook, play a game here or there. And then there were nights where I would just cry myself to sleep. So I've been struggling with that for the last um, few weeks. However, um, the pastor, Pastor Yvette, she called a fast, a three-day fast that required you to not eat anything until 6 p.m. Um, no coffee, no sweets, no snacking, anything. Just that one meal at 6 p.m. and then you start over and do it again for the next three days. And God called me to continue going until 40 days, which is November 20th. And that's not the don't eat until 6 p.m. But there's a lot of things that I cut out. And as I began to fast... Um, there was a, I, I still, now, now don't get me wrong. I still came home and took my shower and probably ate dinner a couple nights. I didn't feel like even eating anything, but I would come home, take a shower and jump straight in the bed. But as I did that, there was a piece where I didn't cry myself to sleep. Um, there was a piece that, okay. I'm fasting and I'm praying, but God, I feel you nearer because I've turned down my plate. I can feel you working on the emotions that are trying to break me down. I can feel you working on the things that are trying to rise back up, like the emotional eating. That stuff's trying to come back um, from being afraid to eat. Now, God, please don't let me eat too much. <laughs> you know, so... Um, I've been fasting since Monday. Um, today's Friday, and I plan on continuing to go. And if you would like to join me um, on this fast, I'm not eating any chicken. I had started to eat meat once I had COVID, and now I'm trying to wean myself off of it. So no chicken, no sweets. Um, I can still eat a waffle with some syrup, but I can't go and eat donuts and cakes and cookies, pies, ice cream, um, that type of stuff. Everything has to be wholesome. Um, um, I'm going to try to cut back on the starches and try to read my Bible and pray a little bit more and just spend much more time in my word um, to counteract the depression and things like that that I've been experiencing and so far, so good. Um, I feel that I can manage my emotions a little bit more. Um, and I thank God for that because if it had not been for the fast that the pastor called and then God uh, um, urging me to continue to go on the fast, then I believe that I would still be in that place. I still have random thoughts um, that try to creep up on me, that tries to push me back. Because, you know, they say resist, the Bible says resist the devil and he will flee. You're going to always have adversity. There's always going to be a negative thought. But Philippians 4 and 6 tells you about the thoughts that you should have. Um, tells you that you should think on the things that are true. So um, one of the things that I'm praying for with this fast is that God helps me to rein in the negative thoughts and to resist the devil when he tries to plant that little seed that grows into a large tree of negativity. Um, what else? The whole COVID situation, um, having COVID did something, you know, it did something to me mentally where every time that I think about it, I start to cry and I'm not crying because I'm afraid to catch it again, but I'm crying because the very thing that they said was supposed to kill me, I went through it and I made it.
I went through it and I made it. So many people didn't make it. So many people still have issues, you know. So many people are still in the hospital trying to fight. And I made it. I don't want to do it again. <laughs> Lord, I don't want to do that again, but I made it. And during that whole time, I just said, God, I pray that I pleased you. And if this be it, I pray that you welcome me home. That was my prayer <laughs> for for that whole time until I got my negative result. God, if this be it, I pray that I can hear you say, well done, my child. I, but, but during it all, like it was like, God, I feel you. I feel you healing my body. I No taste or smell, no desire to eat anything. I still ate. I had an appetite. My stomach growled. And this is not that like COVID, the thing that I went through last year that made me lose all that weight was nothing compared to what they said COVID was supposed to be. And I just, I say, I, I God bless the families who lost someone. God bless the families who all had it and still lost someone and they made it. And they have to live with knowing that they made it and their family didn't. God bless the ones who are vaccinated. God bless the ones who are unvaccinated. God bless the ones who are on the fence about being vaccinated. As God bless us all. God bless us all. The You know, Jesus said in the Bible, forgive us for we know not what we do. There's a lot of hatred and evilness that is going around and a lot of things that are being said, like I said, I, I don't know if I mentioned it, but I had to silence a lot of people and unfollow and unfriend a few people that was spewing nothing but hatred that was hindering my healing. The things that would trigger me while I was sitting in God's perfect peace, there would be someone would say something, text me, call me or post I would see, and I'm just like, I never knew this person felt that way. And I just had to get that out of there. Like, you know, I had to control the things that I let in my ear gate and in my soul. Your ears and your eyes are the windows to your soul. You can't unhear or unsee things. So I, I, I definitely control what I watch and what I hear. I don't watch TV anymore. And if I do, it's inspirational. Um, I only listen to gospel music because you can listen to the right song and it'll make you feel like you miss an ex that you don't even remember. The ex that you knew was toxic. Somebody who used to punch you in your face. You'll listen to a Mary J. Blige song and all of a sudden you miss him. I'm missing him like crazy. <laughs> Body and soul insanely. I think she has a song that goes like that. I'm out of control. I'm missing you so. And just imagine listening to that type of stuff and going back to someone because of a song you listened to or watched a movie that you let get inside where someone was getting beat on and that person changed and now here you go trying to be with this man that beat you hoping that he changed and he beat you to death because you watched you let something in your eyes and in your ears and it and it, and it wasn't even a positive thing it was a negative so I definitely always try to control what I see and hear and what people say to me um 
I told somebody the other day, well, not somebody, but one of the people who's training me, I said, I just want to apologize because what happens is in order to avoid being offended or become defensive, I have to turn off every emotion that's inside of me while you're speaking to me. And if you notice, I'll go blank. And this is what I do. I go blank and I just start staring off and I'm listening. And I would say, "Uh uh-huh, just tell me, you know, because she would say, um, I don't want you to feel like you're doing no 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 don't don't do that. I, I'm coachable, I'm trainable, but in order to control my emotions to not become offensive or defensive, I have to turn off everything in order to listen to you and process what you said and then decide if you said something that I should be, you know, <laughs> offended by. And normally if a person's trying to help you, they won't say anything that you should be offended by. Unless you walk in a spirit of offense or unless they really try to offend you, you know, there's constructive criticism and deconstructive. So by all means, if they said something that's trying to deconstruct you, then you get offended and you let them know, okay, you, 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 you barking up the wrong tree. But sometimes a person can say something to you and mean the best at heart, be totally off and offend you. But. It's something that you can take from what they said and use it. So I have to shut down everything inside of me so that I can listen and and filter out the good and the bad and then keep going. So I intend to do that a lot. (laughs) I tend to do that a lot, like a lot with everybody. Even in like regular life, if somebody's telling me about something personal, I'll shut down. And shut down does not mean that I'm not listening to you. It does not mean that I don't have anything to say about it. It's just that I am taking what you're saying. I'm using what I can and keeping my opinion to myself. Whether you were right or wrong, I'm going to let you have that part. But I'm going to try to get something from what you said while not allowing the things that I don't agree with to bring me down. And that's actually what happened, though, um, three weeks ago. Something was said and I agreed with 95% of it, but the other 5% just did something to me. And I had to try to get rid of it, but I couldn't. I could not shake it off because I refused to address it. And that's what the problem was. If um, I have to address certain things that I just decide not to. I'm just like, yeah, I'm not going to deal with that. And then it festers. So I believe that that's one of the reasons that kicked off the depression party. But I know that I'm rambling. (laughs) I know that I'm rambling, but I just felt like coming on here just to share, have a transparent Tracy moment with my turtle doves and offer some inspiration if it's needed. Offer you like, man, at the end of the day, God searches the heart of the man. If you believe in the Bible, the Bible tells you that there is not one good thing inside of us that even as a man sleeps in his bed, he plots evil. And I'm not saying that you're like I'm going to kill this person, but we 
the, the, and then it goes on to say that the only reason that you desire to do good is the because of the love of God that's in you. And then he sent his son, Jesus Christ, second Adam, to die on the cross so that our sins can be forgiven. And the thing that Jesus said was, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. This man asked for forgiveness for the very people that were executing and persecuting and hanging him on a cross. The people who beat him until his intestines and like they beat this man to a bloody pulp so bad that someone had to look over and say, my God. This, and this, I think, believe this guy was a murderer. He was like a like a serial killer. He looked over and he was like, nothing I ever did is nothing compared to what they did to this man, this Lamb of God, the man who is so innocent, who performed miracle signs and wonders, who fed five thousand with two five loaves and two fish, the man who made the blind see and cured people of leprosy. You know, this man who did nothing but care and love and teach the world how to be good to one another. They beat this man. The man looked over and said, oh, my God. (laughs) And he helped him carry his cross. Um, So he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And the point that I'm trying to make with all that rambling is that God judges the heart of the man. And the one thing that I want you to remember that nobody is perfect. Nobody has all the answers and no one ever will. You can take advice from people, but you don't have to take abuse. If they're giving you constructive criticism, not destructive, you listen to it and don't be offended by it. You have to be able to examine yourself, and I'm sure that you know before they tell you because you're you. I say that you should continuously repent, meaning that you're not perfect. You know that you're not. This flesh that we live in is sinful, and it's going to sin until we're free. The Spirit is the only great thing in you, and that's the thing that goes to God when you go. So just continue to say, God, forgive me for my sins, those known and unknown, because there's things that we know that we do. And then there's things that we do and we just don't even know it's bad or we do it without even thinking about it because we do it so much. Always ask for forgiveness. Try to be as good as you can to your neighbor, your friend, your mother, your cousin, your brother, your children. And just pray for the best. Always pray for the best. Remain hopeful. Remain helpful, faithful, because God is faithful to perform the thing that he said he would. He says that he never sends out a word that comes back to him void, and he holds his word above his name. And the name of God is a powerful thing. So just imagine if he holds his word above his name, how amazing and wonderful and powerful his word has to be because he spoke and you breathe. He spoke and you were formed in your mother's room. He spoke and the word became flesh that died on the cross so that our sins can be forgiven. You got to read the Bible. <laughs> you got to read the Bible. Test what I'm saying to be true. And I wanted to say something about children. Children have a voice. If you take that voice from that child by telling them everything to do, that when you're gone, 
the only voice that they had is yours and you're gone now. So now there's no voice because they don't trust the one inside of them because you took that from them. They can't use the one inside of them because they've never used it before because you've given them their voice. You told them what to eat, how to think, what to drink, where to go, who to have friends with, what subjects to take in school, how to wear their hair. And now that voice is gone because you're not here anymore. Now what voice do they listen to? I believe that sitting down, and I, and I, I share this um for Single Parents Day, I shared this, that you should allow your child to decide if they want a burger or a chicken nugget. You should allow them to say, you hurt me when you said that. And you should apologize to children because they're human. They're not little minions that you have just to get up and turn the TV off or to be yelled at. You explain to them, look, I'm not having such a good day. You don't have to tell them the extent of the day, but just give me a moment. Let me recollect myself or I've been through some things and I'm trying to heal while trying to raise a child that does not have to heal from my trauma. You know, um, children are amazing. Children are amazing. And I wish I had children of my own, but I don't. I don't want to have children out of wedlock. That's not something that I desire. Um, and that's my business. You know, like Tabitha Brown say, that's my business. <laughs> and that's your business. <laughs> um, anyway, my turtle doves. This, this wasn't even a teaching moment. It wasn't a... It was just a moment to come and just unload, to talk to you, to let you know that if you are going through anything right now, you're not the only one. And even the most believing of the believers, we go through things. And God said that I have told you these things, not so that you would not have trouble, but fear not for I have overcome the world. So we're going to be tested and tried. You can't have a testimony without the test. You can't have healing without the thing that broke you that needs to be healed. You can't become pain-free without the pain. You can't have the good without the bad. When it rains, the rain is necessary so that the flower can grow. And all these things sound like cliches. And it sounds like, oh, shut up. But if you only knew the entirety of the story and the things that go through my brain, when I say these things and I can feel you, you would know that I know and I understand. Psalms 46 and 10, I'm looking at right now, it says, be still and know that I am God. So my turtle doves, be still and know that he is God and he will be exalted. The battle's already won. It's all about endurance. You can endure this thing. But the best way to endure the pain is to dance in the rain. There's a song that says, I hope you dance. And it says... I hope you never settle for the path of least resistance. And that I hope faith gives you a fighting chance. And then she says, when you get the choice to sit it out or dance, I hope you dance. 
So my turtle dove, at the end of this podcast, you know, there's always a challenge. The challenge that I have for you is that when you're done listening to this, that you put on that song. It's kind of a country song, but it will speak to you. And I just want you to sway and I want you to dance. I want you to dance like nobody's watching. I want you to dance like you've never been hurt. Dance like the weight of the world is not on your shoulders. Dance like you've never experienced hardship. Dance like tomorrow you're going to walk into the very thing that you've been praying for. I want you to dance, my turtle dove. Dance. Have that moment. Dance. Let everything out of your brain and just dance and smile, even if you have to do it by yourself. And if you can't dance and smile and you need to dance and cry, then so be it. But dance until you can feel the presence of God come and lay on your chest. I love you, my turtle dove. I love you. I love you. I love you with all the peace that God and love that God put inside of me for my humans. My humans. You're not my humans, but you know what I mean? For my neighbors and my friends and humans, period. Just the love that God put inside of me for humans. Because humans can be mean, but I have a love for them. And it's not even a love-hate type of thing. It's a I understand why you can be the way that you are, you know? But anyway, that concludes this podcast, my turtle dove. I hope you dance. I love you. Have a great weekend.